going to have a reunion service about all that happened on Father's Day. They good? So if you would, please give a warm uh, Metro City welcome to our three uh, people that talked about their fathers this week. If you would, JT, Toya Johnson, and John Johnson, if you would. If you would, come this way. Come on, make them feel good. Good. Move like we got. Yeah, that's right. You look so good in your thing with the carol all this morning. If you would, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, if you would have a seat on our on our on our uh, our couch on the hot seat, this this uh, right there. Yeah, let's make some room for John if you would. He's a you know slim guy. Uh, all right, everybody good, comfortable. We're gonna be up here for a while. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be up here with you. That all right? All right, cool. So um, what I'd like you to do really quickly, if you would, take out your, your phone and go to your app. Uh, if you were looking very closely, you saw how to download our app, as in Metro has its own icon. If you look at uh, Metro City Church Atlanta, you can search to make sure that you download the app that we have. Don't worry, you won't lose anything. If you down, When you download it, everything that was on the previous app will transfer so you don't have to do anything. Undo. So if you would, download the app if you haven't, and then you can erase the one that you had before with that cross on it. That's no longer ours. We're going to have our new app, and what I'd like you to do is go to, uh, let me find my app. There it is. Bang. See my, found that M with the turquoise, uh, that part, and then I think it's sermons, and you see the one, two, three, fourth one down, you see it says live questions. All right, cool. All right, so what we're getting ready to do is we're getting ready to find out what happened last week. All right? Um, and, and what I'd like you to do is one lucky person with a really great question is going to get to ask the bishop a question. So if you would, please, uh, without, without, you know, not, not least, but definitely last up on the stage today, if you would, please welcome our resident spiritual father. Love him to death, if you would. Stand and bless the Lord for our bishop, Flynn Johnson, who's coming to grace us this, this, this morning. That good. You look good in your denim, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to go back here and get this microphone with the green. All right. And uh, I'm going to pass the mic. I'm going to ask a couple of questions. And uh, then we're going to get, we're going to get, uh, you know what happens at the end of the, 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 um, the, uh, the last, the, the reunion? You get the wrap up. All right? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to ask a couple of questions, find out what happened this week as a result of the, of the sermons. I don't know about you, but I don't like, um, it, it feels to me like a waste of time and energy to come to church, come early, spend my life and my time to sit here under great deep truths from the word of God expounded and explained to my life and to go home and do nothing about it. So what I love about our church is we're always about action items and action steps about what we're doing. So uh, I hope today encourages you to take what you receive from church on Sundays and go do something about it. And I got the three perfect people to do that. I'm going to pass six Mike as we ask a couple of questions and then the bishop's going to answer uh, uh, or wrap it up for us. Is that good? All right, cool. So I'm going to take my seat really quickly. Uh, take out my hand again. Oh, all right, good. All right, so... Um, 
you know what? I'm going I'm to treat you like I do on my connection group. I don't care who goes first. I just care that everybody goes. All right? That cool. So I'm just going to put the microphone out there. Whoever grabs it, that's what it is. All right? I pr- oh! <laughs> you ah, he said, you got it. <laughs> JT, all right. Well, everybody's answering the question anyway. It's uh, just a series of a few questions. Maybe you could tell us a quick story about it. Um, very simply, what I'd like to know is, what did you take away from last week, we had so many great things uh, creatively. Man, Mark Nelson did a great job, uh, really, really, really cool job. And um, and then we had some some videos and and things we played. Name that tune, y'all missed it. We had a good day uh, last Sunday. Um, but JT, uh, John, and Toya, really quickly, three three quick questions. You could maybe tell us a story. What did you take away from last week? Uh, what did you do about what you took away? And what happened? What were the what were the what were the results? Uh, let's let's tell everybody a good story. That cool? All right, let's go. All right. Um. So I'm gonna thank my wife first of all for recording it because I got a chance to listen listen to it again. That part. Um. But uh, what I got most from it, it it caused me to reevaluate how um I interact with my boys. Uh, it really it it showed me and taught uh, and taught me that uh, you said something last week that was that was key. All three are different, even though I'd like to treat them all the same. It's hard to really treat them all the same because they're all different, and so it 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 caused me to reevaluate how I interact with each one of them individually, um, and uh, also. So what I did, I did not, I, again, I did not get a chance to ask my dad that, but I took the opportunity this week to ask him that, that same question, what the what is the purpose of a father? And um, it was it was sort of similar to what you said. He, he, he told me that um, the purpose of the father was to lead his family. He said, um, to uh, show his the show his kids how how to operate in this life through the through the eyes of God or through you know through the purposes of what the Lord wants us to 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 uh, how He wants us to live and. Uh, also said that he, a uh, purpose of a father is to be that security, to to protect his family. So, and, and in that short conversation, I told him I appreciate the answer, and uh, really look forward to more more conversations like that. It was it was it was interesting. So, I think it's dope that you found that your father didn't have uh, much difference between uh, what dad said and what what your father said that's really cool uh tell tell me uh so what changed in as a result of how you about your children um what did you change towards them did they respond differently what anything transpired that way well not yet i'm i'm still we're we're still in that in that uh in that mode but it, it's more so uh, and this is how i was raised this is what i said this is what you do do it you know and so I'm trying to get to the point where 
I can um, listen. Actually, listen to the kids sometimes. Sometimes it is a time where you say, hey, this is what I said, so just do it. But we have three uh, interesting boys that like to question <laughs> everything. So, um, yeah, Who they get the question from, you or her? Me. From you? Oh, so you got in spades. <laughs> Bananas. Yeah. Dope. Who's, who's number two? Oh, so you're going to take it. All right. Feel that. So your same question, what did you take away from last week and um, did you do something about it and, and what happened? Um, I didn't expect to come around the corner and see the transparency. <laughs> it messed me up a little bit, but it was, it was I appreciate um, your transparency. All three of you, you know, uh, that's something I love about our church is how transparent we are. So uh, what happened with you? Um, so real quick, um, my question to Bishop for those who weren't here was I was raised in a home that did not have a mother and a father in it. I was raised by an aunt who was also a single parent. So um, now that I have my own children and I'm raising my kids in a household with a mom and a dad, I needed some help be as far as disciplining the kids because, you know, the in my household that I grew up in, it was my aunt was the discipliner. She was the judge, the jury, and the conviction. You <laughs> the know judge what I mean? and the, the jury. Uh -huh. So I jumped to that automatically because that I mimic, you know, what I've seen. But trying to find a balance to step back and let my husband be the lead of our household. So when you came around the corner, <laughs> what Bishop had said to me was, um, he said a lot of stuff, but what convicted me was when he said, allowing my husband to um, be the disciplinary and learning how to not feel some kind of way when he does that. When I do step in, I guess prematurely, you know, I, I don't agree with the way he's disciplining our children. What it does is it sends a signal, and I'm giving my children an exam. I'm taking them to the university of family. And so when you said that, like, e immediately the Lord showed me Siani. And if anybody knows Siani, she is very, she's Siani. And, <laughs> and she has something to say. She's very loving. She's very kind. But I noticed that the way that she handles her little brother she interrupts, you know, I call her mother may I because sometimes I'm disciplining him and she jumping in and yeah, boy, don't do that. And didn't she tell you, you know, and, <laughs> and I can hear her all the time. And I was like, oh, like it just, I was like, oh my God, it's all, she already got her bachelor's. And I was like, oh my God. So what I took away from that was when I got home, I have this week, been pur purposefully stopping her from interrupting him like she want to she wants to answer for him you know what I mean like I'm asking him a question hey Christopher you know this or that and she's like oh he hey let him you know <laughs> let him speak but I realized that she has learned that from my behaviors because I will prematurely cut her dad off in the middle of a conversation because I don't know not that what I have to say is more important, but I don't want to forget it and I want to get it out right then. So, um, 
that and then I what I've done with that is I've started to write down some of the ways I answer even to them um, because I want her to have a good example of what a mother is um, what a leader is how you can still be a girl boss but be kind and humble when it comes to your your children kind and humble when it comes to your husband because she desperately she wants to be a mom and she wants to be a a, a good leader and you know and she's all of those things but I want her to do it in the right way so that and I and I say this to her all the time but then I realize like I saw myself in her but I say to her all the time you know you can come across as a bully and I was like oh lord that was me like I bully in our household sometimes Ooh. girl dad want to say yeah. something give the phone the microphone daddy 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 don't daddy, daddy want to say something um, when, I, when we were talking last week, what I didn't say was you, my history. I've watched you from the very beginning. And you're such an incredible mom. Really. It's, um, I understand more clearly, I understood more clearly once we were able to visit and and, and and be in the environment that you came up in, it, it, it opened my eyes. It helped me understand. Even I had the privilege of meeting your dad, which was great. And uh, and still, <laughs> your mom is a character. <laughs> you know, so, so I, I think I get it. But in terms of what you have um, demonstrated, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And there's a, been an awesome transition. I've been watching you go through that. And you, you birthed a daughter that's so, I mean, she's so smart. You know, she, she, her mind, the way it works, and she wants to get it out. Uh, so it's not hard for her to, to do some of those things we were talking about. But I just wanted to encourage you that um, it, you don't know this. Maybe we're being transparent. Our family business on stage today. <laughs> Um, mom, your mom, I mean, my wife, mm -hmm. she, what you don't know maybe is how much she brags on you. And in our conversation, because our investment and our whole focus is toward our grandchildren, because that's, that's about legacy. And she always brags, she's always bragging on you about, you know, the distance you've come. She remembers the beginning. And, and yeah, she remembers the beginning. And, and, and we look now and we go like, wow. You know, I, there's not a week that she doesn't comment, you know, about something about you growing or you understanding. So I, I just wanted you to know that, that I actually think you're doing a great job. And, and the, the key which is the hardest key, not only for you, for me, for you, for all of us, is that those that are at the, the top of, a th of the authority line, if, if the husband and the wife can come into agreement, everything else will line up. And even the things that we didn't do right, you know, oh God, my wife and I did not do everything right, but we kept agreeing together. And so when, when, when we were in agreement, it really, it, it brought, it brought the power for our children. 
And I, I just want to say that to you, remind myself and all of us that that the greatest power of a the power of a of a father's discipline is the agreement with his wife. And if he doesn't have that, then then it gets undermined. What he says is followed up with another conversation in the corner, which undermines what he wants. But once those two agree, I'm telling you, the enemy has no space, no room. And for all the parents that are listening today, even for you, those of you that are listening online, uh, in our live streaming, I, I want you to know if you and your husband, if you and the father can agree on how it's going to go down, I promise you, you're going to see the power of that and the children won't be able to escape, won't be able to lie. They can't even lie. Because once, once there's agreement, they tell you one thing, tell somebody, oh no, they're in trouble. So uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, one of the other things that he gave me um, when we talked last week was that me and Christopher should have the conversation bef before the discipline happens and agree on what warrants a spanking, you know, what warrants different kinds of disciplines. So I've, I know that I started just kind of thinking about those things, you know, now if you lie, if you steal or something like that, you know, then this is what should happen. And so then, but my next step is me and Christopher to have that conversation. So if it happens and he's not around, he knows that what was supposed to happen, happened. Exactly. The thing I feared most, <laughs> the thing I feared most as a child was my mother telling my father oh, yeah. when he came home, what we did, God have mercy, Jesus. I have a father, you know, one of the things he did, it, it, he protected his wife. And that, that protection even led to the way the children were treating her. So if the children didn't obey her like he was saying it, oh, God, oh, God, have mercy. I still remember today. I can still hear the belt whistling from five miles back. My, my gluteus maximus coming up off the... But it, that's, a, that's a powerful thing. That way, he can reinforce what you're doing. Right before we go to John, I want you to engage in exactly what just happened. As a father, he, he turned around and turned what, what kind of felt like a, a discipline and or correction, and he turned it into affirmation of, as his daughter regarding what is going on with the, within her home as with her children just his words make the difference when he says you know you are doing a great job and you, you know I remember when it was whatever it was and he did it without embarrassing her he didn't he didn't expose what it was that you know maybe our family might have been already to be thinking about you know what I mean but he did he and he did it in with respect he did it with honor he did it with with care with um with um with his words which I think are very important especially for a woman I don't think there's ever a time when a father's words are are less important. Let me say it positively. It doesn't matter what it is, 
that my father says over me. It means something. So I want to encourage you fathers. It's, some things can be undone or redone very simply just by saying something different. And I just wanted you to see what happened right there on the stage. We got a dope daddy. Isn't that cool? You can clap your hands. That was really, that was really cool. Right before, right before we go to John, I want to remind you that the questions are live for questioning. And I'm going to take one question right before, right after John is getting done telling us those three things, if you would, sir. Um, uh, one, what, um, uh, first of all, before I go to that, I just want to thank the Lord that your family is good. Um, I don't know, so you guys here get the message. I want you to see that your church family was praying for you, you and, and all your 17 children. We, uh, we love every single one of y'all. We really do, Sash. We promise you we do. Eating just a little bit. Exactly. Just want to say that we're, we're glad that you guys are okay. But um, as you um, answer this question, um, what did you take away from last week? And did you do something about it? And, you know, what, what happened, bro? Um, I want to thank everybody for praying for my family, first of all. Thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. Tell, tell us just a little bit about oh, what it was, um, It was like this uh, this big old truck with a car, you know, with the cars on them and stuff. Oh, they was back, yeah, they was backing up. And my wife told me to, you know what I'm saying, stop. And I'm like, he gonna, he gonna have to stop. He ain't gonna back out of the street. So I just kept going. And then he just kept coming. So I had slammed on brakes in about like maybe t 10, 20 seconds after that. She smacked me to the back of the car. So Put that um, mic in your mouth, man. Yeah, she was like, uh, she smacked me to the back of the car. She was uh, 92 years old. Wait, the, the, the truck driver no, was No, the lady that hit us oh, from behind. the back. Yeah, I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. The 92-year-old <laughs> truck driver? <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Somebody got to retake this test or something. <laughs> hold on. Somebody that laughed. <laughs> but, yeah. So somebody that was 92 that was driving yeah, and hit behind from me. behind. Wow. Yeah, she hit us from behind. And not um, be like after that, we got hit. We got hit again, and it was just me in the car. I mean, me and the kids in the car. Um, we got hit by a school bus a while back ago before this accident. So. Oh, wow. Well, we would just rebuke accidents and incidents <laughs> over the Johnson family in the name of Jesus. That doesn't really going to work, bro. <laughs> but um no, I learned a lot um last week. Um I learned a lot from Bishop what he was saying about um my my father finding God through me and I, I took that uh I um uh, declared that to my life and um I, I never thought about it like that before. Um I I don't want to like press it on him, but you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like he, he believes in, I feel like he know God, but I don't think he like fully believe him, but I feel like um, if I keep talking to him and like dropping little here and there, he'll, you know, God, you know what I'm saying? He'll go to God. Um, and I learned a lot from um, Toya too um, about, uh, you know, about the parents going to a separate room talking about stuff like that and um, coming into an agreement and that that's uh, that's key into a, a marriage or any relationship because um, I'm a victim of you know arguing in front of the kids sometimes not you know 
but yeah, we I really need to work on that. And um, what I got from uh, what I got from you, uh, I I learned uh, about my all kids are different. Uh, I learned that too, uh, cause my. <laughs> I got like all of my kids got different personalities and <laughs> it'd be kind of hard. That's interesting, bro. Yeah, Cause yeah. you got, how many do you have? I got five. Five different personalities. Yeah, got, my goodness. I got five. Um, the girls is cool, but them, them boys, man. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. <laughs> it, it'd be my oldest one. He, he, he had the, the whining stage and I'd be like, man, come on, man. Stop all that whining. <laughs> But I, I got to learn how to talk to him. You know, I, he the one I had to talk to, sit down and talk to. But, yeah, that, that's what I got from last week. And um, I plan on, you know, just being better, uh, helping my father find God, um, making sure that I uh, be more respectful to my wife by, like, you know, pulling her to the side and, let's, you know, talking about it first before, you know, it blow up or whatever. And um, just making sure that I uh, be a better father to my children, all of them, not just Kai, but all of them, you know, but that's what I got. Dad, you want to say something? Um, I'm reminded, someone asked me one time, said, what's the greatest thing a dad can do? And when I, when he gave me the answer, it just, it really messed me up. Because I thought he was going to say something like, you know, work hard and earn enough money to give your children everything they want or something, you know, make sure you put away their college education and blah, blah, blah. He didn't say any of that. He said the single greatest thing a father can do for his children is love their mother. Man, that messed me up. And the reason why it messed me up is because I, I had a flash of my daddy, how he loved my mother. That is such a deep picture inside of me that will never leave me. His physical demonstration of his love, he wasn't afraid to demonstrate how much he loved his wife slash our mother. And I thought about it the opposite. One of the worst things a father can ever do is disrespect or injure a mother or his wife. One of the worst things a father can do is to talk badly to his wife in front of his children. Or even worse than that, to strike her or to try to bring some kind of discipline to her, treating her like a child. It's one of the worst things that a a father can do because children it just it creates an indelible impression in their mind their world falls apart their world falls apart when a father goes after their mother it it deconstructs everything that's good and wholesome and kind and safe and, and if it's the opposite in, in our houses, we can reverse it totally by dads <laughs> embracing, preferring, 
being kind to? Because you don't always feel like being kind. Do we wives? Anyway, so. But that thing changed my life. Changed my life. I, I remember catching the eye of one of my children as I was clowning around with their mom. I, I remember catching, I remember looking down, catching their eye after I was laying a long slobbery one on their mother. I was, and, and you know, it's like somewhere between ecstatic joy and embarrassment. They, they didn't know how to say it, but they really wanted to say, get a room. But they would, have, they would never say that. But, but there's something that, is, that transpires in the heart of a, of a child, male and female, when they see that father loving their mother. That thing was awesome. I, uh, you can give the mic back to dad. I'm going to um, ask two questions because um, one of them I think will segue into the last part of our, our thing today. The first one, um, which I think is pretty interesting, is um, well, what to do with grown children. Uh, I'm still asking that question myself. All right. I think maybe if you could, maybe maybe just one or one or two things that uh, uh, um, that you could do for parenting adults. Oh my God. Well, one of the things I think that's really significant is to realize that you cannot achieve what you want as a parent by talking to your grown child like they were three years old. That just ain't gonna happen. Um, the language we use, you know, we, we you said it, it was either you, John, or JC, you said, when, when they're young, I'm going to tell you what to do. And when a child is, you know, when they're in that preschool, uh, you don't have to give an explanation. <laughs> Even if you gave an explanation, it don't make no difference. But, but, but if they don't learn how to obey, and of course, we, we know there's a way to do that, but we don't give them explanations when they, they don't need, but the older they get, the more you need to be willing to do that. Because neither of us want blind obedience. None of us want that. Because anybody else in the world can tell them something crazy and they'll do it. So, so when they ask what's a good thing, that they ask why, unless the why is just rebellious, I ain't gonna do it, I'm gonna prolong it, I ain't gonna wait as long as I possibly, okay, well, that you have to deal with that another way. But the older they get, I, I, I realize I had to go, I had to, you know, give a reason for saying what I'm saying. And after I gave the reason, and I had to discern now whether they understood me, because if they understood me, there wasn't no question about whether or not they were to do it or not. That's different than giving them a choice. So my grown children, I had to start talking to them. Actually, you know what's kind of weird? It's, it shifts from, that's my child. They will always be my children, always, forever. You know, this is kind of crazy. Even in eternity, they'll be our children. But I needed to treat them like an adult. And so 
adults demand respect. So that means I had to learn that if my child disagreed with me, that, that was different than them disrespecting me. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had to learn that because I, and when they were young, if you disagree with me, you know, you were disrespecting me because I'm always right. Um, so, and another thing that is really great, uh, she and I had to learn when to go to our children and ask them for forgiveness. When we were pressing our position and our authority and our will on them without giving them due, due course or recourse or, you know, or questions and, and treating them like a child, and they're not. So we, had to, we, had to, we had to ask them to forgive us for that. Um, I, I'd like to suggest that if you have grown children, that might be the that might be one of the doors back into their heart is by just acknowledging, you know, I didn't do this right. I, I didn't talk to you right. I didn't treat you right. I didn't trust you like I should have. I should have, you know, and I didn't do it. And then the next phase is really important in their eyes saying, will you forgive me? And they may not be able to right away. But at least if you're asking, it shows you that you're, you respect them. You're not going to lose. I've discovered I, I wouldn't lose re respect because I asked them to forgive me. So my grown children, it's almost like they, you know, when, when, they, when, you, when they come here, we carry them. Clean up their poop. They spit up everything, right? Then when they get as old as we as, as tall as we are, uh, then, you know, the way it goes, they say that you hold your children in the old age, they hold you. <laughs> so it'd probably be good to treat them good so that you got a safe place to land when you, <laughs> when you can't stand on your own, you know. Uh, grown children are really something. Um, actually, it turns, it always is daughter, daughter, son, daddy, but it turns to a friend. And I don't, I don't want to say this wrong because unfortunately too many parents are making friends out of their, their non-adult children and giving them decisions that they are not even prepared or e equipped to make. And so, uh, but when they are older, they become friends. And, and now, in terms of the family, it's about collaboration. What are you supposed to be doing and accomplishing together? You know, what is it that together you're supposed to be? What is your family supposed to say? Dads are responsible to clear, clarify what this family is supposed to say to the world. And everybody's gifts and talents and all of that are saying something about that household. That's a whole different ballgame. So I want to treat my, I want to treat my adult children like they are adults. So keep the mic, Dad. I think we're doing good on time, so I'm going to ask one more question before I ask the last one. And, and I th I'm asking it because of uh, just understanding lately what the dynamics of our of our congregation is, and I think so. It's, it's an important conversation. As a, it was one of the ones that came over in the live, and uh, as it was as a single parent, how important is it to uplift the other parent? 
Oh, or what and what does is the why is that so significant? That's a huge question. It's, it's super important. If you're a single parent, then then the then the other parent, the father or the mother of your child, uh, will always be the father or the mother of your child. So um, you're not going to win by putting the father down or putting the mother down in an in a in an attempt to raise yourself up. Uh, that's a recipe for disaster. And as soon, if you do that, if you constantly put the other partner down, as soon as that child is um, able, they will actually drift to the other parent. And um, so it's, it's, it's important because you're, what you're doing is you're, you're respecting God's order and therefore respecting God because that child couldn't be there without the genes and the blood of your of their father and mother so um, you you always want to build them up and uh, even if they're a scoundrel even if they are horrible even if they are even if they have a, a, a life of wickedness and evil you still don't want to put them down well, I, I I remember when my mother, my, my mother was amazing, but she would, I'd hear her talking to other moms. She said, now you don't know at what time God will save them. So while they're working out their testimony, you don't, you know, uh, for example, children who've been beat by their parents or abused by their other, by the other parents. One of the ways to handle it is to talk about sin and talk about the evil one in the life of that parent, and it's not always going to be that way. This is incredibly important. In fact, you can save, you can keep your child out of jail by helping your child forgive the parent that was abusive. Because the child sees especially when they're old enough, they see all the wrong and the bad things that are done. That, that can't be hidden. So you don't have to tear them down. And it's an interesting thing what would happen if you still, if nothing else say, well, we got to pray for mom or we got to pray for dad or, you know, uplift them that way. That's a, a dope idea. I never forget the story of the woman whose husband was an alcoholic and he was horrible, and he was irresponsible, and he was violent, he was vile, and he would abuse the children and beat the mother, and they had to move out, and the children would, would, were scared to death of him, and, and, and the mother would always say, come on, children, children we're going to pray for your daddy. And here she has got the marks on her. And, and the son, and sons grow up to hate their fathers through the hatred of the mother. Instead of a son growing up realizing my father is in sin. You know, you hate the origin of sin. Love the sinner. And I, I'd just like to encourage every parent, every single mom, and no matter how badly you've been treated, or no matter how badly the children have been mistreated by the, by the other parent, don't put them down. Pray for their conversion. 
all together for us? What should we as a church, as individuals who have had some great fathers, some not so good fathers, uh, some issues with our fathers still dealing with us, whether it's um, uh, learning how to discipline our children or learning the purpose of a father or dealing with fatherlessness or being a single parent, you know, put, put it all together for us. What should we understand as a people and how should we go forward from, from here? You know, Father's Day is not as important as Mother's Day in America, America. but, you know, in our church, it's different. And we want to create the culture of what a father really is and how, from what example should we draw and help us put it, just, you know, kind of put it all together for us. Mm. I got five minutes. Huh? Okay. Um, stories work with me. So when, when God the Father wanted to... Uh, when he wanted to reveal to us the nature of his character, and what, he, what he's really like, for real. All the other cultural nuances, all the other cultural pictures of an, of, of an angry God and a judge waiting to send people to hell, all the negative pictures about God the Father are produced by the culture. But when, when, when God the Father wanted us to get the real picture of his nature and his heart, he told a story. And he, he tells a story. In fact, this is one of the stories that, that changed the world, changed your life, changed my life. The story of, the, of a father who grows up with two sons in the household, and the youngest son is the butt. Can you say that in church? It's your church. He's a donkey. He, he's a smart tail, you know? And he's, he's, he's rambunctious. And he thinks he knows it all. And he can't stand his position. So he says, give me my inheritance. I'm out of here. What's evil when he asked the father to... So I, I rather you're worth more dead to me than alive. So give me my money now. What? And that's that's the way Jesus tells the story. Give me my inheritance so I may go. And the father, you don't see the father cursing him out, grabbing a switch, none of that. He goes and divides up his estate and gives the younger son his portion, and he leaves. And you know the story. He takes the money. It's like winning the lottery. And, uh, you know, money's power. And money is power. And when you have power without character, you got a problem. Because money just shows you where the character is. Money reveals what's on the inside. So he takes the money, and he, he is living. He is, he is balling. Brother man got a new ride. I'm Johnsonizing it. But he got a new ride. He, you know, he's got money in my pocket. He's got everyone following behind. He got the honeys on his tail. He's got, he's the life of the party because they're buying everybody drinks. And, you know, he balling. 
But what he doesn't realize is he's going to lose it all. And your friends are not your friends if they only hang around when you got money. And when his money gone, his honeys are gone, her friends are gone, and they just repossess the car. Now that's Johnson's translation of the prodigal son. But the Bible said when he had lost everything, he didn't know what else to do. He's hungry. And he, instead of going home, he goes to, the, to feed the hogs, which is the lowest job a Jew could ever have. That's lower than foot washing. That's, 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 that's low of the low. And he's slopping through the pig slop. And if you ever know about pigs, you know what they do and where they do it and how they do it. And he's down in a slop. He's got to feed the hogs. And he's so hungry, he's about to eat. And he comes to himself, and he said, what is wrong with me? My father, I, I, I'd be better off standing at the door, being a doorman at my father's house than, than living in this slop. And he, he, he gets up and he decides that he's going to go home. In the meantime, the father who's at home can't, the implication of the story is he can't rest. He, he doesn't rest. He doesn't sleep good. I understand this, you know, when you were having difficulty. I didn't sleep good. And it, the Bible says the father, the, the, the son starts to make his way home, but the Bible says the father saw his son afar off. I think you've often heard me, hear me say it. I looked it up. You can look it up yourself. How far is afar off? Look it up in the original language. It means further than the eye can see. Which meant he went after him. He went after him. So when the Lord wanted to show us what the father's heart really was like for rebellious children who disrespect, live any way they want to live, you can go to Proverbs and talks about children who disrespect their parents. What kind of curses come on them? This son had it all, but while he's coming home, the father is going after him. And the Bible said when he saw him, he, <laughs> he ran to him. And this picture is what I believe all of us can, if we can get it, the father God running to us. coming to get us in our condition no change of clothes no shower still smelling like pig slop and everything else you know and the Bible says he embraces him he, he won't even let the son he, the son can't even talk the father's starting to give his servants obviously he had his servants with him he said he said, bring, bring, me, bring me the robe. When did he make the robe? Man. Bring me the ring. Bring me the shoes. When did, he, when, did he, when did he have that stuff? Was it not in anticipation that my child's coming home? And to facilitate them coming home, I'm going to get them. So I think for Father's Day, we might want to remind ourselves how the Father really thinks about us. He doesn't withhold. He doesn't hold grudges. He doesn't punish us for what we did. Instead, 
he takes our place with his son. I think that's the picture God would want all of us as dads to have toward our children. Because as beautiful as that child was, you know that child is going to be bad. And it's not even popular to tell people that kids are, you know, bad kids, them baby kids, them, them bad kids. But everybody in here knows that you were bad. Look at your neighbor. You know you were bad. You know you were bad. Bad. When you was a teenager and you were feeling yourself and smelling yourself, you were bad. My kids just snuck out the window and went and did what they wanted to do. They were paying me back for when I snuck out the window. And they didn't even know it. I think it's summing us all up. The father, his heart and his attitude toward us. Oh, I, I wrote three things. This might even be worth writing down. It's real short. Here's what, here's what dads do. <laughs> three, three goals for fathers. Affirm your children's uniqueness. <laughs> Affirm your, don't try to make them the same. Don't pit them against each other. Why can't you be more like your sister? Because he's not her sister. Affirm your child's uniqueness. Number two, forgive their weakness. Affirm their uniqueness. Forgive their weakness. And the last thing, motivate their greatness. That's what dads do. In spite of whatever package the Lord gives your child they are unique they need forgiveness and actually greatness is inside of them it takes a father or a mother who receives that same spirit to do those three things it changes everything about our children and everything about our lives every single one of us you know I need the Lord to affirm my uniqueness. He made me the way he made me. I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to act like anybody else. I don't have to preach like nobody else. I am exactly what God made me, and that is okay with him. I need, thank you, that's exactly right. I need forgiveness because I do not always do it right. Any greatness in me, I need the Lord to help that to come out and to help me, to help those that he's given me for that greatness to come out. That's what fathers do. And it, it might be that, I know last week we did this, it may be that it may not go well between you and your dad because your dad it may have still, still been under the weight of sin and had not repented yet all of his actions and all of his motives even his good motives can be misinterpreted when a life is controlled by sin dads need forgiveness it might be that you need to do that and that forgiveness could be the very open door of all that God wanted to do wants to do still 
remains to do with your life. So today, if you need that transaction of forgiveness, sometimes you, it, it's not transacted until you say it. Many things in the kingdom of God, that's the way it works. It gets transacted when you speak it. That's why when you confess unto you believe and you confess unto salvation. That the redeemed, those who are, who are redeemed by the Lord, let them say so. So it might be that you just need that today. You might need a conversation with the one that God chose to bring you into the world. I know one thing, if you get that one right, it puts you in a position to be that father slash mother that God really has called you to be. It could be the forgiveness, the tearing up the IOUs of your dad could be the key to your reproduction, to your multiplication, and to your success. That you no longer hold God responsible in the negative way for the parent he gave you. God did not make a mistake. What's in you is in you because God had unique purposes for you. And those unique purposes could not have been fulfilled unless it would have come through the genes of your mom and your dad. Even if those two did not know him. I think it, it's, it's appropriate and right to give you an opportunity to do that. And if you're a parent and you've not, you've blown it because you were just copying, you know, what your universe, what your degree said, your, your family degree said, that's how, that's how I was treated. That's the way I, that's the way I treat my kids. Maybe, maybe you could reverse that. And one of the first steps you might need to do, you might need to, Take your child aside, your, your maybe your grown child aside, your your teenage child aside, who no longer well, he he or she might do what you say in your presence, but it's something altogether different in your absence because you haven't won their heart yet. So maybe we have to act like the Father God and go after our children. And you can't do that unless you, if you're holding something against God or holding something against your parents. Honor your father and mother that it might go well with you and that you might live long in the earth. For this is the first commandment with promise. Yeah, I want you to bow your heads right there where you sit. reason why you're going to be the greatest parent is because God is the greatest God. And when you yield to him and when you obey him, he, he allows you to be that. The greatness in you was put there by a great God.
this is, this is what you want from the Father God. Maybe you should pray and ask the Lord. If you need forgiveness today, and you say, Lord, I've been, I've been rebelling against you because of the way my mom treated me, the way my dad treated me. He, he, he didn't even have the, enough courtesy to show up. He, didn't, he, wouldn't even come, he wouldn't even do what he was supposed to do for our family. We suffered because he wasn't what he was supposed to be. In this hour, you have an opportunity to forgive him. Breaking every curse that comes on the lives of disobedient children. You might want to pray something like this. Father, in fact, let's pray it together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you today, forgive me for the way I have thought about my parents, my father. Forgive me for holding in my heart the pain he inflicted on me, the pain he inflicted on my mom. Lord, forgive me and forgive him. Lord, I ask you, cleanse my heart Allow me to be the parent you have called me to be. Thank you for your love is perfect. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing and forgiving me. I'm choosing today, Lord, to follow you that I might be just like you. Redeem my children break the curse off the life of my children in the name of Jesus amen come on stand to your feet stand to your feet